to your word hear your word by your holy spirit thank you lord that we have ears to hear we're attentive to your voice to the spirit behind your voice father we thank you for that it brings life to us brings encouragement to us it brings strength and confidence to us so we thank you lord all of those things are imparted in the hearing of your word and we honor you today lord in jesus name amen 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 so we're going to talk about uh, when warrior is your identity when warrior is your identity what does that what how do you know that you know there's some certain characteristics there are certain things that um, are true about you when that's your identity identity is everything that's what was stolen from us through man's disobedience God knew that man would disobey so he's always made provision for that uh, anything that you do that's a surprise to you is not a surprise to God so we just need to get over ourselves sometimes and, and fall upon the mercy of God let God understand that we're sorry and we want to get back into right standing with him through our obedience through our faith the confidence that's in our heart to go forward with God it's good to be a good match for God that he matches us with him that is one thing that we are called to do everybody worldwide all believers are called to conform to the image of Christ the total image of Christ you can't select out one facet of his character and capitalize in that if you do that you'll probably drive everybody around you crazy with your self importance and so we want to be like clay in the hands of the potter the potter does the molding he decides the design he decides when it's perfected if the potter uh, decides that he wants to uh, refinish repolish or uh, regrind we rework the clay he has total confidence and and ability to do that Uh, God has to conform us to the image of his son because he's given us his his word that he would do that he's honor bound by his own word to cause us to conform to the image of Christ and that is bringing out our spiritual identity not your natural identity but bringing out your spiritual identity your natural identity identity is very limited your spiritual identity is multifaceted God showed me his his bride the Bible says that the 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 holy city the new Jerusalem descends from heaven like a bride adorned and it was uh, glorious it was enjeweled and, and uh, it, it, shone, it shone like a jewel and so a jewel if it's going to show off its best shine has to be cut and shaped by what they call facets and so uh, just as a, a normal say a diamond the best the best uh, light reflection for a diamond is to be cut 96 facets 96 cuts on a a diamond has to be done by somebody of high skill has to be done with another diamond and so these things are are important for us to know that if we are diamonds in the rough and God is faceting us he is doing it by his word another diamond and shaping us and conforming us causing us to shine and be brilliant in the earth so that what we have uh, is noticeable and it's noticeable as good Um, we're not always going to be 
the persecuted angry church in fact many times we're persecuted because of our brilliance and because of the reflection of the light of God through us and so God wants us to be drawn wants people to be drawn to his light in us and so we are being shaped molded conformed every situation you confront in life can be thought to be uh, uh, shaping you and molding you more into the image of Christ it's more than what would Jesus do it's who is Christ in me can I let him live through me can I move me out of the way long enough to allow him to emerge and be who he wants to be using what he's put in me my gifts my abilities my hands my feet my words uh, all of me God created you the way you are to glorify him he doesn't want to change a thing except inwardly uh, to to cause you to reflect more of his goodness more of his son's character more of his likeness in the earth and that's because that's what the world needs the world needs a savior the world doesn't necessarily need us but the world needs a savior and we have him dwelling in us and, and we're to be conformed uh, to his image uh, for as long as we are in this earth that work never stops <clears throat> so one of the facets of the characters of the Lord Jesus Christ is that he is the Lord of war he is uh, the Lord of hosts that means the word hosts means armies and so Jesus is the Lord of all armies every war that's ever been fought is a spiritual war we just put people with flesh on with skin on uh, to make it interesting you know what I'm saying it, that makes it confusing to people because then we start hating each other and disliking each other and, and killing up each other but these are all spiritual wars if you look at the book of Revelation I think it's it's chapter 12 or 17 I've read it so many times <laughs> I never memorized the chapter but you know what I'm saying you see war in heaven uh, and, and it was very short got me uh, and, and it was put down very soundly uh, by Jesus many people believe and, and I agree it seems logical that Satan was assigned to Jesus as his archangel um, and uh, Jesus had to go after his wayward servant you know uppity servants that want to take over the company and run everything and that's kind of what happened there and so that put Jesus in charge of recapturing everything that the enemy had stolen everything that Satan uh, began to destroy wreak havoc over uh, Jesus volunteered to give his life that we might come back to the father and be conformed to his image and so we were always ordained as sons of God Uh, we were assigned to Jesus from the beginning and so he came to retrieve us just like an older brother would come and defend his young brothers and sisters when they're being attacked he came to retrieve us Uh, the the price was a heavy price to pay paid the ultimate price he laid down his life so that we could live and and come back to him uh, eternally he wants the father's family complete and so as in the completion of the family there is warfare and if you're conformed to the image of Christ there is a warrior inside of you somewhere he you know he's 
<laughs> hiding in the shadows or sometimes he's prominent you know I like these people who are real aggressive you know most of it's flesh you know it's not all spiritual but they're they're trying you know what I'm saying it's better than the, the Christian who thinks Jesus is only the suffering servant you know and only uh, you know is passive and lets people walk all over him and never gets vengeance and never gets angry and never puts down insurrections and never uh, arrests anybody and never gets back what's been stolen from you you know we don't roll over and play dead if you have the identity of a warrior uh, if you have a warrior inside of you there are certain characteristics about that uh, I like I like refreshing myself in these things because there's so much that people Christians call warfare that's just a bunch of blustering and a bunch of posturing and gesturing and there's very little fat little fruit little evidence that they've subdued anything and so when we talk about uh, the identity of a warrior when your warrior is your identity there are certain things about you that are different than about everybody else not to make you try and feel extra 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 important but if you, when you look through this story you will find that uh, the, the warrior identity in this nation of people is rare that we got one person out of a nation of people who knew his identity as God's warrior. See, you gotta you gotta understand that. You gotta you gotta understand that the world is built on a Christianity that uh, basically slaughters people because the identity is a little obscured. It's not really a cure, a, a, a clear and a pure identity. If you are a warrior, you will take a stand for God. You know, that's one of the characteristics and, and it begins with a stand. Whenever you pray for something, you've taken a stand. Uh, people don't see it sometimes that way, but whenever you ask God to bring something into the earth, you have taken a stand against something that's not right down here. Uh, we pray to correct things that are wrong. We pray to unseat uh, powers that are evil and doing wrong and so that is taking a stand uh, you don't have to go around and brag about it 24 7 you don't have to you know post in Facebook you know that you're the devil scared of you and all this kind of stuff you know <laughs> you don't have to go really overboard or write books about uh, fake warfare and, and get millions of Christians to buy it and make them think it's something it's not but you do have to do certain things so we're going to talk about those so we're going to take our, our information from the book of First Samuel in chapter 17 and it's a familiar story of David and Goliath but you'll see how David's identity as a warrior was very much known to him when you are a warrior you know it you don't um, have nobody has to tell you nobody has to pump you up or or fake you out in that you know you you know it you and you have no problem taking authority because you know who you are when you don't know who you are you'll have problems with it you'll not be sure uh, you'll be wavering 
The Bible says if that's what you do, don't think you're going to get anything from God. God won't tolerate a waverer. And I think it's a good thing because God has given us so much. Why should we not risk, say, our comfort zones? You're not risking your life because Jesus already did that. It's a one-time payment for everything that we need. But you have to walk in obedience and walk in faith to the covenant in order to receive that. So that's your job. You've got a job to do. Uh, you're not just sitting back wanting to sound confident when you're not uh, there's work for you to do you got to put up a, a, a resistance to the enemy you've got to speak against what he's doing you got to make him stop and you have to do it by the spirit you can't do it through natural this is not a natural warfare you got to you got to be careful not to slip over into the natural and get your confidence that way and when people start seeing things change in the natural in their favor, they tend to get comfortable and release their grip in the realm of the spirit. You can't ever do that. Because you do that, you'll get disappointed. You know, people say things like, well, uh, we're believing God for a healthy baby and the doctors say there's no reason we can't. And so they let their faith go over into the doctor and then they get there in the hospital and their complications. You don't ever withdraw your faith and your confidence. I don't care what they tell you. If they tell you a good report or a bad report, keep your faith over there with God where it belongs. And so when you keep your confidence and your faith in God, it doesn't matter what's said in the natural. It doesn't matter what happens in the natural. It doesn't matter what authority said it and what they said they're going to do for you you keep your confidence in God because man would love for you to transfer your faith withdraw it from God's bank and put it over into natural bank where the devil has access to it and he can run you around and, and you know run you ragged and all this kind of stuff it doesn't have to be that way so when your identity, when warrior is your identity, First Samuel 4 through 7, the enemy's size does not matter. The size of the enemy does not matter when your identity is a warrior. What do you care? How big the devil says he is, how much he, he uh, talks to you, what he threatens. Uh, uh, the Bible says, though hand joined in hand, the seed of the righteous will be delivered. You know, if your children will be delivered, how much more the parent who's doing the praying, who understands everything. And so even if you're in a situation where there's one uh, uh, group of people joined with this group of people, joined with that group of people, joined with that group of people, if you will take a stand and just walk through it, you'll prevail. You know, I, I I can remember the one thing that that comes to my mind when I think about hand joining in hand is our legal system. You know, there's there's uh, uh, somebody accusing you, then they've got counsel with somebody else that's wicked, their wicked lawyer, and then the wicked judge, and then the wicked this and the wicked that, and you can feel very small. But when your identity is warrior, you don't care how many people join in against you. You don't care what the accusation of the enemy is. You don't care what's said. You're standing there with the Lord of hosts. You're not standing there on on your own. So in 1 Samuel 17 verses 4 through 7 I think I have here. It says here the Philistines gathered together their armies. You know the deal. You know there's a valley in between the nation of Israel on one side. The Philistines on the other side. So they're 
looking at each other and somebody says well let's get something going on what do we how do we get this thing started they're enemies they know they're enemies they know that they need to engage in war so they can decide who's who's going to win it you know it's imminent philistines stood on one side of the mountain israel on the other side there was a valley between them verse four and they there went out a champion out of the camp of the philistines now see this is where you lose you know the enemies after you you know what the threat is you need to start releasing the word of god then you know if you let the enemy draw first blood or you let him get first threat out there those words will loom and begin to control the atmosphere and this is why Israel is shrinking back because they won't get out and declare the word of the Lord to Goliath they won't take a stand they won't get on the offense defensive fighting is always disadvantageous fighting you don't wait for your bank account to go to zero before you start to talk to God to get things built up you pre-prepare you do the things you do your due diligence to make sure that you're prepared for every eventuality not just some I used to you y'all know my history <laughs> twisting my husband's arm <laughs> you know a little proud of that for so many years but you know I saw him as the resistance to my <laughs> getting my my goodies <laughs> but I knew deep down I knew he was just being wise in preparing and making sure that we had provision and we weren't in trouble ever in fact I can say very honestly the whole time I was married to him we were never in financial trouble and I thank God for that because that was a prayer of mine from a little kid I you know I never wanted to to uh (laughs) you know as my I was talking to the Lord about it and about some things not really necessarily related to money but uh he was talking to me about you know my list of uh you know years ago my little husband list of what I would like to have and not have and he told me I had money on there so many times I, you know what I did I told him I said Tony put that on there <laughs> and he said Tony did he said first entry you have is in crayon Tony did not put that on there the, the little e backwards I am on <laughs> so anyway i i never liked poverty we were poor when i was i hated it and i made up my mind it was not gonna follow me period and so and i was willing to work hard not to to have that happen but when when i got saved god really began to teach me how to prosper and how to prosper in him and that helped the process and so uh yeah you know it's it's, it's a big deal but anyway i was very thankful that uh my husband was a good steward and and managed things well you know and and god blessed him to be around people who were good managers of our money and they still do a good job with it and so that that's always been a blessing um see yourself able to set aside for more than just a rainy day set aside for a rainy future you understand what i'm saying you you'll god will bless you for it you know you'll need to spend everything that you make you know live beyond that 
that temporary fix of of joy or happiness or whatever you know and so when we when we understand those things we can be better prepared for it but you know when the enemy comes after you and comes after your finances you've got to make sure that you're there and you're prepared and you're armed and, and you get the first blow in there you know you've got a treasure stored up on the inside of you and a treasure that you can draw from and not let him get out and start uh, you know covering the atmosphere with a lot of evil report a lot of threat against you because the enemy loves to do that and so that's where Israel made their mistake they let the champion from the enemy side come out says uh, the Philistine uh, the, the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath whose height was six cubits in a span um, I forget what that is it's on the, my side notes somewhere whatever something like nine feet or ten feet or twelve feet tall he's really huge he had a helmet of brass upon his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was of five thousand shekels of brass he had greaves of blast brass on his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders he's all armed and dangerous looking then he's talking a big game. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. His spear's head was weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. So he's got a little teeny armor bearer, you know, just for props, I guess. But this guy looks like he can handle everything. And many times when the enemy comes against you, he's totally armed you know from head to toe he's got uh, lies that he's saying about you he's got evidence against you he's got all kinds of things against you and sometimes the threats of the enemy can make us feel very small and very alone and very inadequate but if your identity is that of a warrior something on the inside of you will wake up and get stirred up that little little warrior on the inside of you you know and you can let him lie down and stay in the background is when he's not needed but when he's needed you need to know he's in there and if you have to bring him out for the first time then then do that but you need to confront the enemy and you need to put these things in their place and so he says that David uh, uh, knew that his identity was that of a warrior he would had some experience in defending things warriors defend people things against threats not so much attacks but against threats if you can defend on the threat level you've got the war pretty much won you've got it pretty much won so and he identified with the Lord and took his identity from God David spent time with God he knew God would be with him and so that allowed him to operate as God would in all of these situations every situation you see David in he identified with God and he took on God's identity in these things that's what we're supposed to do he sought to identify with God in this way he did this by becoming acquainted with with the Lord of War so he became acquainted with God as the Lord of War how does that happen you have no choice you have to step out and trust God 
It's either that or get swallowed up by the enemy. It's either that or let the, the devil take your house or take your lunch or take your vehicle or take whatever it is that he's trying to. You either identify with the Lord of hosts and with the Lord of war or you get stripped of everything. So what do you want to do? You want to fight or you want to let the devil take it away from you? And so when he when we identify him as a, with him as a warrior and take on his attributes that way we are strengthened. We can be of good courage when we take on the attributes of God, but you do it through identifying with him first. You don't say I don't think I'm I'm capable of doing it. I don't want to do that. Well, it's not that bad. Well, you know the devil, well he didn't really steal from me. I'm just sowing a seed. You know, all kind of crazy stuff we say sometimes. You ain't sowing nothing if somebody took it from you. You know, I mean, the seed is something you give voluntarily. You don't get it stripped from you and then call it a seed. So when we seek God for victory, we identify him as a warrior and we take on his attributes. That's very important to know. You are not the same person anymore. You are changed. You are changed. You don't walk in warrior mode all the time. But when you stand with him, when you you hide yourself in his word, when you speak his word, when you make the decision to resist the devil, you take on his identity as a warrior and his attributes. God is bigger than any enemy. And he's not intimidated by any enemy. And we should not be either. If you feel that fear and intimidation in you, you confess it to God. You receive his word. You take on. You get yourself more in the word. I know when we were going through getting the ministry started and we were being fought by everything and everybody, I stayed in the word of God. I submerged myself in the word of God. And I began to understand uh, a spiritual wickedness that operates through through church people that operates freely in churches how religion gets a grip on people and how these uh, wicked spirits seek to control people and, and control them and keep them away from the power of God everything that Jesus faced I saw it validated right there in his word and right there in the situation I was in and so God had me make a decision of which one I wanted he said now you know these people have ordained you you can come in here and you can do what they do or you can take a stand for me and so you see the result of that and so who wants old dead warm religion I didn't want it when that was all I knew now that I knew God I didn't want that anymore and so we take on that identity so God is bigger than any enemy he's not intimidated he's not scared of anybody and when you identify your identity is that of a warrior you won't be afraid of anybody either you might feel fear but you know there's some place in God where you can get it together a lot better and there's a, a word you can pray there's a scripture you can get there's a way you can get a grip on this thing so that you don't go down to defeat to it and that fear will will be swallowed up in the soundness of God the identity of God if you resist that fear and you push it away from you uh, he will have to flee from you and you'll take on the attributes of God so you you will take on his attitude and his viewpoint when you identify yourself as a warrior when you say that's who I am God I'm not afraid of the devil if you're not afraid I'm not afraid I'm standing right here on your word you told me you're going to do this for me you told me you're going to do this for them and I'm standing here believing you and I'm not moving I'm not going to be moved 
when you identify as a when warrior is your identity the enemy's threats don't matter so the enemy's size doesn't matter and his threats do not matter in verse 10 it says <clears throat> verse 8 he stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said to them why are you come here to set your battle am I not a Philistine and your servants to Saul choose a man for you let him come down to fight me if he's able to fight me and kill me then we'll be your servants so he's setting up the scenario he's setting the deal mistake number two is to let the devil set any deal in your life he didn't have any authority in your life see if you let him get first 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 shot let him draw first blood speak first threat i mean how much are you going to sit back and listen to this guy that has no power and so you don't let him speak when you bind the devil you forbid him to say anything to you you're not allowed to talk to me devil you don't go there you don't say that you don't do that so the enemy's threats do not matter what matters the philistine said in verse 10 i defy you see that word defy that's where he made his big mistake with david because that word set something off in him that stirred him up when when you see the enemy defiant when you see the enemy threatening when you see the enemy challenging it should stir up something angry on the inside of you that moves you to action not complaining and not saying what we ought to do and not saying what we're gonna do and why don't christians do this and why don't somebody do that you're not wandering wondering who's gonna do it you're the one that's gonna do it and you know that you have the answer and a solution so he here he is defying the armies of Israel give me a man that will fight together and Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine they were dismayed and greatly well yeah because nobody's as big as he is because size matters to fearful people (laughs) threats matter their words matter to fearful people they register fear in them they just affirm the fear that's already looming over you in your life why would they let him call the shots for the battle i'm one person you send me one person well he can look around and see he's the biggest thing out there he's got everybody scared so the enemy will do that he'll try to set the tone for the warfare he'll try to set the 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 uh scenario for the warfare that God has you in. If God's in this warfare with you, who do you think should call the shot? Certainly not the devil. The devil will have you scared to, to go and confront anything. He likes it that way. Likes to get you afraid. He likes to get you he he'll make you scared of yourself. I just don't trust myself. Oh, he loves that. Huh? it'll make you i mean seriously it not only strip you of of you know any kind of possibility of getting victory but he'll make you distrust yourself you don't even want to show up for things you just quit and stay home (laughs) he defied the armies of israel and that discouraged every man who claimed to be a warrior 
There's all kind of people. You know who the warriors are because the real warriors are moved to action and will defy the defiant enemy. See, you're defining, well I defy you. See what I'm saying? You don't ever let the, the devil get the last word on anything. He, he you know, I'm, I'm defying the armies of Israel. Really? I defy you. It says, when, when all the ones who claim to be warriors, and all these men are dressed up with, with armor and swords and spears, and as the minute Goliath comes out and gives them a challenge, they all get discouraged. It says, the heart of every man, they were, when they heard these words, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. I'm not saying you won't be, but I'm saying you won't have to be, and you don't have to stay that way. Because if you, your identity is that of a warrior, you will be stirred to action by the threats of the enemy. It might take some doing, some experience with God to get there. It took experience for David. It's not, it's not natural. This is you're going against your natural man's usual way of feeling about trouble. You get stirred up by it. He defied the armies of Israel, discouraged every man who claimed to be a warrior, but their identity was not that of a warrior. They had put that name on themselves. They had all the the physical trappings of a warrior, but their identity was not that of a warrior. They didn't have that image inside of them as somebody who was fearless, fit for battle, that wasn't afraid of anything, that didn't care about the size of the enemy, didn't care about the threats of the all of that, that that was not inside of them. Not inside of them. And so this this type of activity of the enemy will will decide what's inside of everybody. It'll decide that. I was watching uh watching a situation in the news this week, um, I had heard on Friday that uh, Duke University was going to allow uh, Muslims to have a call to prayer uh, from their chapel, the chapel, uh, the campus chapel. And look up, and and who of all people? It's never the faith people. See, this is what this is where the rubber meets the road, folks. The big talking faith people and the, you know, it's Franklin Graham. Bad. Huh? All he did was do the same thing with Martin Luther King. Baptist. See, if your identity is that of a warrior, you'll have something to say. God will give you a platform to say it from and you won't be afraid to say it. Now, if you watch Franklin Graham... Over the years, he has built this platform. First in small places, platform takes you to bigger and bigger places. So finally, he said uh, something to the effect that as uh, I'm, I'm, this is wrong. I'm against this. God's against it. And I call for the the uh, faculty and trustees at Duke University to to stop their financial support. Ah, bam! Hit him right where he hurts. As much as colleges are begging for money, you think his words don't have impact with them people? The next day they reversed it. They said, no, we decided, uh, you know, we we kind of figured out people don't really want this on the campus and we're going to go with the consensus. They didn't hear from anybody except God. Amen. 
and got scared and reversed it. One word hit the devil right where he lived in his pocketbook and it was over. You got me. It was not a long drawn out battle. We didn't have to go to court and prove anything to anybody. We didn't have to threaten anybody. You know for years we just made a statement and took our position and bam. It fell. It fell. You know put him on your prayer. God's voice is fivefold, but whatever what you see you want to put pray for him that God would surround him with favor and surround him with with all the protection and help that he needs because he's built a platform now where people must listen to him must obey him see his platform stronger than his dad's because his dad was always an evangelist after the souls of men this his son is now confronting principalities and powers so surround him with prayer surround him God chooses who he wants to choose he gets the people he wants to get he knows what he's doing you support who God's supporting you don't try to say there's somebody better out there for the job we let God be the head of the church amen let him do what he wants to do I don't care who does it as long as the job gets done amen so the enemy's threats don't matter no matter who they come from so here we have Goliath threatening him and drop down to verse 28 and we have somebody else Eliab the eldest brother heard when David spoke to the men that were surrounding him all David asked was who is this guy you got me and so the brother automatically gets offended and jumps on it you know why the brother's got the fake warrior spirit inside of him David's got the real one light always fights light when it comes to matters of authority and power people want power that's why they get into witchcraft that's why they get into all these things men tend to covet power more than women do women covet influence more just because well if you think about it men have authority they have whatever you have a smidgen of you want more of it whatever's familiar to you you want more of that so men have authority they're they're the heads in the household there's you know the heads and other things and, and that kind of stuff and so that's a power position so they always covet more power women have influence you know that's why you find them in witchcraft and stuff like that because they have a smidgen of it they want more of it so you always covet what what's familiar to you and you never have enough of people always call the wrong problem you know i need more power you don't really need that you need more god you know what i'm saying they just don't have enough of him is is the main problem but here we see eliab accusing him verse 28 his eldest brother heard when he spoken to the men and eliab's anger was kindled why because his identity was not that of a warrior he had position in the family authority over his youngest brother why is the youngest brother talking like this we don't talk like this in my family here he is spouting off again with his pride acting out thinking he's all that we know also that David has been anointed by Samuel the prophet to be the next king of Israel. We know also that David has already ministered 
in the palace. So why do you think the oldest brother's anger is kindled? Of course, of course. The warrior spirit stirs up more jealousy among people who should have it. Mm-hmm. Among people who should have it. A lot of times their flattery is not flattery. It's you can feel a prick in there somewhere. You know, so you you have to understand this. You don't hate people, you don't stop and talk about it or anything like that, but you you know it's there. You deal accordingly. Forgive people, walk in love toward them, bless them, help them when they're going to need your help one day. So you can't have a list of favorites and not favorites. You, you don't have a list. God has the list. So you, you have to go with God in these things. So he says, he says why did you come down here? And, and what did you do wrong at the house? So, you know, he's kind of like whipping him down a little bit. Cause he, and who would you leave those sheep with? You know, few sheep he calls them. You know what I'm saying? You're not doing anything big. It's not like you're real. You're not a real shepherd. Wherever we can leave, you know, they they leave me with a lot of sheep, but you got a few. Who'd you leave those few sheep with? You know, the devil will do anything he can to beat you down when that warrior thing starts to rise up in you. His brother sees it rising up in the little brother, and he wants to kill it and beat it down. They try anything. To beat you down. You know people will tell you you're, you're in witchcraft. If you take authority over the devil. They did that to Jesus. So if you did it to him. And you're uh, operating in the same power that Jesus had. They're going to say it to you. They're going to say all kinds of things against you. Uh, but you have to stand fast. And you have to just not listen to that. But listen to what God's telling you. Because you're on assignment by God. Uh, but there's all kinds of distractions. Things to keep you from, from functioning in that assignment. So he said, who did you leave those few sheep with in the wilderness? I know your pride. Your heart's not right. Like he can tell. You come down here so you can see the battle. In other words, you just want to sit here and watch us fight. Because we got it going on. David asked, "What did I do? Why, what did I do now? You know, what? What? Is, why are you? Why are you after me like this?" And he turned from him toward another and spoke after the same manner. And the people asked him again after the same manner. And so David's on assignment. You know, he's kind of respected his brother, asked him, you know, entreated him. Got to be careful to stay in the flow of God's spirit when you do his work. You can't go in there bragging, lording it all over. The You know, you bums out here. Y'all scared of the, you scared of the devil, you know, and that kind of stuff. You you have to be, be gracious and merciful to people. You have to be kind to people. You have to respect them. This is his older brother. So he entreats him instead of rebuking him and so that keeps him in good standing with God so this accusation comes and he didn't didn't cause him to consider 
anything other than answering the threat of the enemy. So when you're on assignment as a warrior and that's your identity, you stay in warrior mode. You know, you keep your mind focused on the job at hand. You know that this accusation is a distraction. You know that Goliath's threats are a distraction. You know all of those things. And so you just stay in warrior mode. When your identity is that of a warrior, you will submit to the Lord of hosts and all the authorities placed over you. So authority is your friend, not your enemy. So, you know, and and be respectful in your heart and your thoughts toward authority. You know, because sometimes we carry these little attitudes about people, you know, judgmental attitudes about people who are over us, especially in the Lord. You know, and it's easy to try and pick up uh, um, an attitude uh, where you're judging that individual in a place where you have you're not qualified to judge see this is this is a whole thing you have to stay away from that kind of stuff learn how to be respectful and keep your heart pure toward people you know you can let go of your judgment you don't have to know more than somebody who's over you in the lord why would god tell you more than tell the leader and that's that's a trick that the enemy pulls on people a deception that they can can outthink somebody this is the anointing we're talking about it's specific to an office it's specific to a gift it is so specific that you can't pick up on it on a good day you you understand what i'm saying i'm just being honest with you guys you you may have information but you don't have that anointing you don't have that gift and that call you know there are people that ministers that call me for prayer and call me you know with problems or, or things like that i can't tell them what to do now i can go as far as god will let me help them to do what he's called them to do but i can't tell them what to do i you know who am i to criticize another man's servant and so they you know you want to pray that god would be with them and undertake for them if they're in you know in a difficulty tied up and bound up in problems you want to help set them free from that and go on about your business you know that's for somebody who's pretty much on the same level uh, people who are under their authority have no right to to reach up and try to claw somebody you know you can grab onto their foot and drag them down you you're not allowed to do that and so david you see that throughout david and that is typical of warriors you get in a battle you want to be successful you've got to have that respect for authority and i mean on all levels i don't care where you're at if it's your job it's somebody in a supermarket it's somebody you know assigned over you in the church building and, and all that kind of stuff you have to be respectful or you you get bounced out you 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 won't you won't last long that that authority thing is very very important especially because it has to work through you to preserve your life you want it to work for you you don't want to have the luxury of you know being somebody who who can correct everybody you know that's not what this life is about this life is about loving people serving and helping people honoring people respecting them uh, esteeming them more highly than yourself at all times you don't take any liberties with that and so here uh, his older brother was uh, there to criticize him but david didn't 
offer anything back in criticism. He entreated him, was able to do that. And so David fell in line with all the authority that was over him in his life. In in verses twelve to eighteen, we see him under his father's authority. It says David was the son of uh, the uh, Epaphrodite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. He had eight sons. And the man was among men of an old man in the days of Saul. And so uh, he had eight sons over a span of probably many years. David was the youngest. Probably being about 17 years of age at this time. The three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. Their names were Eliab. He was the firstborn next to him. Abinadab. And the, the third was Shammah. And David was the youngest uh, and the three eldest followed Saul. So they repeat this twice. They followed Saul. Who did David follow? Followed God. Now if Saul's following God, that ain't no problem. Or if Saul, un, until Saul quits following God, you understand what I'm saying? That, that's cool. But if they're just following Saul, period, there's a problem there. They follow Saul as Saul follows God. Amen. Pray and keep things right with God and, and know what to do. David followed Saul too as, fo- as long as Saul was following God. David had to branch off there because when Saul quit following God, David had to have enough sense about him to keep listening to God and keep hearing from God and going God's way. So his dad has these boys. David's the youngest. It says in verse 15, David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep in Bethlehem. So the boys stayed there with the warriors. You know, David had been with Saul. We know that he was Saul's musician and personal minister. Saul was kind of blue and irritated. You know, I'm. When you're used to being anointed and it, God leaves you, you be naked in bad shape. So Saul would be depressed from time to time and, and God assigned David to minister to him. To serve. But to serve in the right capacity. David was not called as a warrior for Saul. He was called as a minister for him. Just to serve out of a different gift. Sometimes the way we want to be used is not the way God uses us. You know, you, you see all kinds of people get disgruntled and messed up in the head and messed up in their relationships with church people and Christians because they want to be used in a certain way, say in the church or in a ministry, and God has another way for them to be used. David as a warrior was more capable than anybody there, but God only God knew it. But he was very capable also as a minstrel. And so that's how God used him. He used his music gift and not his gift as a warrior when he first met Saul. You know some of us are waiting for nothing. We're waiting to get into another position we consider to be higher so we can feel good about ourselves. You may not get there. If that's not for you to do you won't get there. See, it's a wish in most people's eyes and a source of frustration if you let it be. 
I've seen people get angry and run from church to church and they won't let me use my gift and they won't do this and they won't do that and you know it's always a they that's stopping them from well if God's with you you should be happy wherever you are it's it's no better on the the grass isn't greener over there it just looks like it because you're not studying your own grass you know look at your own grass and get comfortable there and when when you're about to get dug in maybe God will use you elsewhere but if you stay there until Jesus comes be happy you know be content as be content God's using you and so he was the youngest the eldest three followed Saul David went back home after he got finished ministering to Saul and Saul released him he went home and he returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem and the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days so David's been at home tending sheep all these days his brothers are supposed to be fighting but all they are is dressed up so far and getting more and more discouraged the more they let Goliath minister to them (laughs) morning and evening morning and evening morning and evening they let this guy go out there fill the atmosphere with threats heaven and earth are recording everything that's spoken in that valley you got me it's ringing in their ears day and night it's doing what the devil wants it to do intimidating putting fear in threatening all of the above doing all that stuff and so David separates himself from that atmosphere the threats start I think Goliath extended his life because he started this stuff after David he got to live 40 days <laughs> if he had started before David left he died that day you understand me so just the fact that he waited until David left allowed him to live another 40 days the devil always does stuff behind your back listen Goliath no more expected David to show back up you got me When God decides it's time, it's time. See, this was God. This is how God designed it, so that everybody would know that they serve the living God. He was the living God that was being threatened there. So he drew near morning and evening, presented himself, and Jesse said to David, his son, "Take now for your brethren and ephah this parched corn, ten loaves. Run to the camp. You know, I'm sure it's safe." You know the dad must have known nothing was going on but the rent over there because he let David go and take him lunch. So I'm sure he can get some lunch in there. They're not fighting anybody over there. So just you know go over there and see what's going on. If you can get in and give him some food give it to him because they're going to run out of food over there. Waiting for somebody to get mad enough at this devil to kill him. So he took cheese unto the captain of of their thousand, and look now how your brethren are doing, and and take their pledge. You know their their um uh I think it was um the whatever they needed. You know his dad wanted to know how his boys were doing. And Saul now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Sure, David rose up early in the morning. 
and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him he came to the trench as the host was going forth to battle and and shouted for the battle and so when David shows up he is in the in the midst of what looks like a battle but really they are just camped against one another you know they're arrayed for battle there are many people that will call themselves armed you know in the full armor of God and arrayed for battle but they never engage you know they're never engaged the devil because they never win anything they talk loud they may even look somewhat intimidating they may even know some scripture but they don't know enough to get victory and they don't have the identity of a warrior that's something that you know you are on the inside of you it's not something you conjure up it's not something you make up it's not something you pretend it's not something that you it's in you because God has developed it in you you've cultivated it you've allowed it to grow you've allowed it to mature you've allowed that to become part of who you are got me part of who you are This this is where people call you mean when you give the word and you meet it that's the mean part they perceive weak people perceive it as mean angry nasty they never grow up and understand you got a job to do and if they're under your authority it protects them my mean protects you from the devil's slaughter you got me and so I'm I'm very comfortable with people saying that when I first heard it it offended me and it hurt me that people didn't understand me but then God had to toughen me up and make me grow up he said you lose that you lose them you lose everything you got me so you don't lose what God gives you you're never ashamed of what God gives you got me you, you stir that up so that it can come forth and protect people you'll find a lot of people lodge under your branches and people come out of the woodwork so I read your, your teachings on. I've been reading your teachings for 10 years you know stuff like that and, and so you understand then why God puts that in people because not a lot of people carry it brother Summerall had it um, um or um, Oral Roberts had it to a degree. He was a very kind man because of the healing power. The compassion of the healing anointing will cloak it sometimes. But when it needs to come out, it needs to come out. Do you understand me? You can't let the devil run over you and people, especially when you know better. And so you, you have to keep that, that warrior sharpened in there so that when, when there's necessity for it, you know, you can stir that up. God can stir it up. So David submitted to his dad's authority. He kept his dad's sheep. And he left only when his dad told him to do it. Now listen, keeping sheep gets boring after a while. But David knew that God was with him. So where some people may get bored and go off and do something stupid, if you know God's with you, you'll develop other gifts that God can use. See, this is what happens when you when you get into those places of, you know, people say things about, well, you know, you can be happily single and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but do you really do you really use it? You are you maxing out on that time the way God wants you to? You know, you can say you're happily single, but if you're, you know, not really growing any, you're not maturing any, you're not gaining anything there, you know, you something is not 
quite right. You need to use that time for the purpose of God that God has it has you there in your life. You can't you can't not use that the right way. David, no doubt, amused himself by playing instruments and singing to God talking to God God talked to him he became a prophet of God by his association with God he took on that identity as well he took on the identity of a psalmist and a minstrel he wrote most of the psalms he set the music for them he was a musician he ordered the singers he told them how to conduct a worship service he did all of that stuff because he made himself available to God I think that's the most important thing about that Uh, you can be single and not make yourself available to God waste all that precious time that God has you there in that place wanting to be someplace else you know that's the way most of us live our lives we we do a little bit for God but a lot of times we want to be someplace else other than where we are you know it's just human to do that you, but you're not mere human beings so you see David spent that time his boring downtime watching sheep smelling sheep you know scraping poop off his shoes you know when you're around a lot of sheep you misstep sometimes I mean you can't help but step in it it's everywhere you know if you have to go out there among them and groom them or something like that and work with them you know it's a dirty job it's a dirty job how many dirty jobs do we have in God's kingdom there's a lot of them it depends on your perspective you know people look at being a minister is is the best job you know that gets dirty sometimes too you know you got to go visit sick people you got to go to you know somebody passes away you got to go and and visit them when they go to to view the the remains of that person you got to stand there and be with them i mean it's not it's not standing up in front of people trying to look glamorous and and who does that when you're preaching you know you got a spitting all over everything and trying to remember stuff and you know kill the lipstick you know forget it it's just you know <laughs> you wear gloss after a while you realize you know this ain't a pretty job you just get up there and do the best you can so it's it's that way i know people think attention is everything it's not everything folks you got to have something to say and you better have something to say you better have something from god people get bored real easily with the same old same old you know <laughs> they really do people want something fresh all the time and I don't blame them because God has something fresh for them all the time so here David went left the sheep only when he was told to David was a finisher verse 20 says David rose up early in the morning left the sheep with the keeper took and went as Jesse had commanded him man did everything the authority over him his father told him to do he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle so David followed through on everything left him with the keeper like his dad said made sure the keeper the sheep were intact you didn't get a call back and say something's wrong you did this wrong you did that wrong he was a finisher he was responsible took his job seriously he didn't complain about the nitty gritty parts of it 
and dump it on somebody and leave it half done. When you are submitted to the Lord of hosts, he gets the glory for what you do. In verse 37, David was very careful to give credit to the one that he was submitted to. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the power of the power of the lion and out of the power of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. So it's Saul, I don't have nothing special. I really don't. The only thing I'm doing is I'm going depending upon God. Something in me is telling me that God is pushing me to do this. See, that's all you need. So when you your identity is that of a warrior, you know when God is pushing you to do something and you know when he's not. You move with him. You move under his authority. You move when he tells you to. You're not dismayed by people's words and you're not excited by their words either you know what i'm saying you just listen for the voice of god and you're moved by god and he says i know he'll deliver me out of the hand of this philistine see that's confidence in god if he's done it before he'll do it again you just need to get in that same spiritual mode and you will know that when people doubt god it's because they've stepped out of that spirit of confidence they're over in the natural somewhere wondering well if you get back over in the spirit where God is and listen to God's instruction you'll get that reassurance that he'll do that David always consulted the Lord so he gives God the glory he has a history with God you have to trust him at least initially you got to trust him once to get a history with him David had trusted him several times it looks like when his life was threatened and when the life of the sheep was threatened. David in caring for sheep has a heart for the helpless and that begins to extend to people. It begins to extend to people. People who value all life have been touched by God. Because it's easy to value some and not value others. You know, we have people valuing animals and don't value people very much. So you know that can be turned on and off. But yet David allows his his desire to protect, defend, and preserve the life of to extend even unto people. In verses 46 and 47, David begins to speak God's word, and that's the highest calling of the warrior is get the word of the Lord and speak it David begins to speak these words to Goliath he said this day will the Lord deliver you into my hand and I will kill you and take your head off and throw your body to the buzzards and your old mama won't know you when I get done with you that kind of stuff he says and all this assembly will know that the Lord saves not with a sword and a spear for the battle is the Lord's and this is prophetic this is what you want this this is what will seal the deal for you when you begin to fight your own battles and in battles for other things that God's put under your hand that that you you can that God wants people to know his power in the battle, not human power. Wants his power to shine forth and not human power. The enemy will only obey you 
it is for in so much as you obey God. If you're one of these people when you hear that word obey it sets off anxiety and fear and all that you got a little work to do just like the word submission you know when when people use that in marriage women woman submitted to the husband blah blah it just sends people up the wall you know they just go ballistic when they hear the word submit uh, because a stiff-necked person doesn't want to bow you know it's it hurts their pride to think that who who can tell me what to do you know it has that kind of ring to it and so obedience has that kind of ring sometimes to people as well you know uh, obey god you know do the right thing do what he would want you to do at all times and god will bless you you can't be blessed above the level of your obedience so when your identity is that of a warrior you will know your place and ability and you will not break rank that's very important so when your identity is that of a warrior you will know your place your ability not break rank that is so so intrinsic to the identity of a warrior if you look at all of the military all of the branches of the military they have rank they have uh, duties on each rank they have who must salute who who must stand in whose presence and who has to obey until they're released from their presence all that kind of stuff is totally spelled out and so it's the same way in God's army he's not different than there must be order and it has to do with rank and and ability uh, perceived by God you may see your abilities as totally different from the way God sees them you may and and you know but you have to obey as far as what God has positioned you to do what God's called you to do you know I can I can go to anybody's church and and want to do what they do but if I'm not they haven't given me permission to to speak I don't speak got me I don't care how qualified I feel I am Uh, you know we had people get offended ministers they want to come into the meeting and conference and when the conference is over you see them touching people and falling out it's nonsense this is nonsense so let's stop it you know it's it's offensive to me to see people play with the power of God like that no it's not really in order you may be anointed but this isn't the time for that you know so you will know your place your ability and you will not break rank will not break rank if there's somebody and God tells me somebody needs to come up and say something I'll gladly do it but we're not having a free-for-all here you know where anybody will lay hands on anybody you know this is not not right and many times it's emotional it's not the anointing God doesn't operate in confusion he doesn't cause that kind of nonsense so they um, David obeyed his father until he was sent out with specific orders and so he stayed under his father's authority his father sent him out with specific orders and after that the anointing takes over your obedience to your natural authority will take you to the place where you can be anointed it always does 
It's never wrong to obey your parents. It's never wrong to obey your pastors and leaders, people over you in the Lord. It's never wrong to obey your boss. It's never wrong to obey uh, other authority figures in your life. It's never wrong. And that discipline will always bring you to the place where you can be anointed. See people you know we have a hard time seeing that we think we can just do what we want to do and it's okay and then when we pay enough dues to God we're anointed. It doesn't work that way. It, you know it. I can remember God teaching me he said I'm going to teach you how to be a wife. I've been married 10 years. You know, now am I going to sit there and feel bad? Oh, I've been doing this wrong all this time. Well, I let God teach me. I humbled myself and from that day forward, I began to let God teach me. Until the day my husband died, he was still teaching me. Well, some of that I picked up on my own, you know. Girl, girl got to do what girl got to do. Mm-hmm. All decency and in order. Whatever, but you know what I mean, you know. Working at it, working at it. But everything that you do under authority positions you for the anointing. If you're not positioned properly for it, you won't get what God wants. You might carry some. You might carry whatever you can. But I'm telling you, staying in line with authority positions you. positions you 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 have to be see the anointing is a uh, a crowning you know it is a it's a ceremonial kind of a thing where you have to walk in a certain way and and stay before God so it can be placed upon you it can't be if you're not positioned if you're over here somewhere doing something and God wants you positioned here you're not going to get it I remember playing golf with my husband and you know I loved it and I hated it you know you go out there and it's hot I just didn't believe in sweating you know what I'm saying I mean they'd have all their headbands and but that's the come on now had to cut the fingers I was the first person with fingerless gloves you know because I no I'm not cutting my nails either so you know now if you can help me grip a club with all that going on let's go at it but you know so but (laughs) I finally learned how to play and um, you know and I played with some of his friends male friends sometimes we would go out together mostly but sometimes we play and and, you know if I if I didn't play you know hit the ball properly you know he'd nudge me with the end of his club hit the ball Alice you know and all the guys would laugh right it you know it was humbling (laughs) put it that way and you know and all of that and I got to concentrate and try to do well because I wanted to do well and um, then one day I they had mixed a mixed game and this is where you understand why you know 
you get tortured <laughs> like that. I never quit and went home. That was that was one good thing. I always stayed humble and you know. He wanted a golf partner or brother or I don't know what he wanted. You know, he's hit the ball, Alice, you know. It's out there looking like Rambo. All these rags tied on your head and all this kind of stuff. I just wasn't for all of that, but I did the best I could. But I played they they would have these little tournament things where they, they brought the wives out, you know, that was always that's the way it was said. The wives are coming. I didn't know who I was. I just went, you know, and and I began to see why why he taught me, and there was a proper way to do things and proper way not to do things. And you know, I saw these women; they played with one club the whole game, and I'd look at them, and I'd be saying, "No, you don't say anything. That's what they do." You know, and I had to be the undercover person, you know, because I he didn't let me hit. If you're going to drive, use a driver. You know, if it's a short drive, use a five wood or something like that and I had woods and I had irons and I wasn't allowed to use them for anything other than what they were purposed for you know and I was looking and they was treating on the scores and I want to take somebody back in the woods and thrash them real good and all that kind of stuff and he wouldn't let me do it but I felt good that I played the game according to the rules I played it the way it was designed to be played and I wasn't out there trying to, you know, just cheat and do the best I could. I, I had some, some ways to do things. And that's that was the way he did things with me in my life. He taught me the right way to do things. He taught me integrity. He taught me how, say, where a woman would cut corners, a man does it this way. And he taught me that way. You see what I'm saying? And uh, and it's important that you learn because I feel that that positioned me so that when God started to make demands from me, I was able to stand up under those demands and not buckle because... You know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you can only go so far with that. You know, that little whiny thing. You know, he took the whine out of me uh, in a lot of things in life, and I thank God for it uh, because it makes you see all of these things work together for your good. They work together. Everything that God has you exposed to works together for you. And, you know, even when, you know, with small things, you know, he just didn't buckle. If he saw me getting whiny or girly, you know, hit the ball, Alice kind of thing. He didn't let me get girly and whiny uh, and make me weak. You know that stuff weakens you. You have to, you have to learn how to be able to confront life. You have to learn how to be able to, to do these things. You know, if I had a flat tire, I called AAA. He wasn't gonna change. He said, "I won't change my tire." He said, "I'm calling them for me." He said, "You've been calling people. That's what I pay them for." You know that kind of stuff. You know, I love you, but calling people to change your tire, and so it's you don't. You don't get your life mushed up like that and start weakening yourself or weakening that person that you love and care about that God's put in your care. That's why you all aren't weak. If you're weak, it's because you choose to be. You know, I didn't put that on you. You understand me? And and that isn't for God's people at all. It's not. You're to stand up to the power of darkness. You're to stand against it. You're to push into it and make it back up so that you can get the work of the ministry done that's the only way it's done folks it's not done by just being nice to everything 
Now you can be kind to to your your peers and your your loved ones and the brethren and human being, but you're not nice to the devil. There's a difference. There's something that should be stirred up on the inside of you when you see injustice, and not just stirred, but get up and do something about it. You should be willing to pray your prayers twice a week to make that devil back up and stay away. You know, I shouldn't have to stand over you and make you pray twice. And just because you pray during the week, that doesn't make you a big deal. You know, you don't pat yourself on the back. That's the least you can do uh, for all that God's given you. Is to sow that seed into another situation so somebody else can be helped. So all of those things make it the discipline, staying under authority, not bucking authority, not challenging all the time you have nothing to challenge authority with you understand me authority is a good thing it's your friend it's your helper you stay under authority and don't get any big ideas try and assert yourself and make yourself take a liberty or take a um uh, you know, some kind of uh, prideful thing or, or try to go after some kind of uh, uh, flattery or something, self-flattery to at somebody else's expense. You don't do that kind of stuff. You stay where God positioned you. And there's a crowning for you. If you stay in that place where he's positioned you, he will come along and crown you with, with the power you need. He'll give you a strategy for your warfare. Give you everything that you need. But you got to stay where he can find you. Where When David's father told him to leave those sheep, he knew exactly where David was going to be all the time. He was accountable to his father. These things we have to, to do because if we do them, God will reward us and reward us well. When it's your time to be in charge, you'll be in charge and, and nobody will fight you on it. You know, you go out and start something on your own and a bunch of renegades like yourself, it, it'll fall apart in your hands. So you, you be careful about that kind of stuff. Say where God wants you to be, uh, you know, till you leave this earth. I'm, I'm positioning myself now to be where God wants me to be. You got me? And to be faithful to it, be committed to it, be stronger in it. Going out strong, not weak, folks. So you stay in that position. God will honor you for it. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for allowing us to have this today and to understand who we are. We are a great people, a good people, a faithful people. We're your people. Call by your name. We know who we are. We know who you are and we thank you and we love you for it. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you.